For today's divine encounter, we'll be going through again another divine encounter. Imagine we'll be doing these for a little while, and then what I'd like to do is go through the divine encounters, which are the miracles of God, and then I'd like us to go through maybe the um, the parables also of um, of the Lord Jesus Christ, so we can really focus on what our Lord said and what He did. Today's divine encounter. We will be in John chapter 5. We'll be traveling in the scripture to a pool in Jerusalem called Bethsaida. Where we see our great Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, minister to a paralytic man. Now first I'd like us to turn to Luke chapter 15. And then keep your finger in John 5, because we'll be going right back there. Now, in the text that we're going to look at, we'll see another, again, divine encounter that our Lord Jesus Christ had with one of his lost sheep. And again, this is a divine appointment with God. What we will look at is all being appointed and purposed by God in eternity. Now, this man woke up that day. He had no idea. He didn't have a clue that he was going to have a divine appointment with God in the flesh. He had no idea. No idea at all. No idea that he would be healed that day. We don't know what time of day he was healed, but he had no idea that that very day that he would be healed. And I mean absolutely healed, made whole. No... um, No physical therapy for six months, but an instant healing. Instant healing, made whole right away. Because could you imagine if you had over 30 years where you'd never walked? So those muscles are gone. I've told you about when I was in a cast for six months and then they took the cast off. And from, from, from here till my toes. And when they took the, they, they cut the cast off me, I couldn't stand up. I had to go in a wheelchair. I had to learn how to walk again on those bars. I had to learn how to step up steps again. Because the muscles in my legs were gone. So it took a good two months before, it, while I was in the hospital, the kid, children's hospital, it took a long time to, to go through all that. And to get those muscles built up again. Because they hadn't been used. But this man over 30 years didn't use those muscles. My oh my. So there'd be no... There'd be no... He, he wouldn't... If, if it wasn't a whole healing, he wouldn't even be able to stand up. He wouldn't even be able to get up. He wouldn't even be able to get on his knees. And then, and then stand up. But this man, we're going to see, he picked his bed up and he walked away. <laughs> oh, the mighty power of God, eh? Oh, the mighty power of God. It's absolutely amazing. So this man, he didn't, he didn't know he had an appointment with God. And, and as we look at this narrative, this encounter, remember that we're just like this man. We're lame from the fall, Right? I don't know what made him a paralytic, I don't know, but, but we're lame from the fall, though. We're lame from our birth. 
right? We're born dead in trespasses and sins. So spiritually, we're, we, we can't do anything. Can't save ourselves. So keep that in mind as we look at this narrative. Now, and also what we're going to see in John chapter 5 is a picture. The reason I wanted us to go to Luke, because Luke 15 is because there's a picture in John 5 of what's brought forth in Luke chapter 15. This, this man who was a para, paralytic, he had no idea that he was one of God's sheep from eternity. He, he had no idea at all. Just as before the Lord saves us, we have no idea that we're one of the Lord's sheep. But he was soon going to meet his master. He was going to soon meet the great shepherd. He was soon going to meet the one who loves his soul so much that he, goes, he went to Calvary and bled and died for him to purchase his soul. To purchase his soul. He was one of the lost sheep. The Lord left the 99 and went to him. Look at this in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 5. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Isn't that wonderful? Our Lord is in the midst of publicans and sinners. Hallelujah. He's the sinless one. And yet he welcomes publicans and sinners. Publicans were hated by the Jews. They were the ones who, who collected taxes for the Romans. They were heading allegiance to the Roman government. So they were hated by the Jews. They were fellow Jews, but they were hated by the Jews. And then sinners. Aren't you glad that he met with sinners? I'm a sinner. I'm sure glad he met with sinners. And look at the, look at the religious folks. Look at this. Look at, look at the religious folks in verse 2. And you could just hear them dripping with hatred. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. He even eats with them. Little do they know they're so full of self-righteousness. They're sinners themselves to the core. They're no better. They're no better than those publicans and sinners. They think that they're on a higher plane in God's eyes. And yet they're absolutely no better than those publicans and sinners. Matter of fact, some of the Lord's sheep are in those publicans and sinners. My oh my. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he finds it? So he's saying, if you had a hundred sheep, to these folks, if you had a hundred sheep, and one of them got lost, you go look for them. You go look for them, and you'd find them. My, oh my. Now in religion, this story goes... I remember in religion hearing this, this was awful. I heard that in religion, the Lord goes, finds the lost sheep, and then breaks his legs and puts them on his shoulders. Breaks his legs so he's lame, so he can't. That would make a lame sheep, wouldn't it? God wouldn't do that. The Lord wouldn't, the Lord wouldn't do that to one of his sheep. No, you know why he puts them around his neck? You know why the Lord puts that little lost sheep around his neck? So that little sheep can look right at his face. So that little sheep can just look right at him. Oh my. That's what he did with us, beloved. 
He just took us. He didn't break our legs. He tenderly lifted us up. Took us into his bosom. Now we get to look at him, don't we? Now by faith we look at our king. Look what it says in verse, verse 5. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his sheep, rejoicing. Our Lord rejoices when he finds one of his lost sheep. You ever hear that saying? People say, I found Jesus! And I like what one preacher said, I think it was Henry, said, I didn't know he was lost! No, he wasn't, was he? We were lost, and he found us. He found us, beloved. We were the lost ones. We were the one lost sheep that had left the flock, right? And is wandering around in the wilderness. We're the ones that he tenderly picks up when he finds us. He finds us. And he puts us on his shoulder and he rejoices. Let that sink in for us as believers. When he finds us, he rejoices. They say joy, there's joy in heaven amongst the angels when one's saved, one of God's lost sheep is born again. What well, makes sense that the master's rejoicing? He found one of his lost sheep, he's rejoicing. My, oh my. See, we're the lost ones, beloved. We're the lost ones. I read a thing this week. And, and it reminded me of how, you've heard me say we'll never know this side of heaven, the, the damage that Armenianism has done. And, and I got that quote from Henry. He said that back in the 80s. People bowing their head and repeating a prayer and all this. I read an article this week. 70% of professing born-again believers believe that Christ is not the only way to heaven. My gosh. And this was on a huge Christian website that they do. 70% of those who, who, they, who they interviewed believe that Christ is not the only way to heaven. I'm here to tell you, there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the great shepherd. There's no other way to heaven except in Christ and him alone. And we see that so clearly. We've seen that in these divine encounters, haven't we? Man's totally helpless, hopeless. And think of this too. The Lord's fetching these, these saints out of, out of false religions. He, he writes to the Thessalonians, or Paul writes to the Thessalonians, thanking God that he delivered them from idols and turn them to the true and living God. The one true living... There's only one true living God. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only... Muhammad can't save you. Buddha can't save you. Catholic Church can't save you. Mary can't save you. And the list just goes on and on and on and on. A rock can't save you. A piece of wood can't save you, no matter what it's carved into. Can't save no one. There's only one who can save, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is God in the flesh. Neither is there salvation in any other. No other but Christ. No other but Christ. And we as God's people say, hallelujah. He's the one who saved me. I was that lost sheep, and he sought me out. 
He saw me. I was wandering around in this world in wickedness and in sin. And he saw me out and he saved me by his grace. And though I'm still a sinner going through this world, I seek a better country now. I'm looking to glory. I'm looking to my king. And I can't wait to see him. Can you? We're homesick for heaven, aren't we, beloved? Oh, we're homesick. And the more it goes on with the world, the more My beloved. He puts this lost sheep on his neck so it can just gaze into his face. And then look what it says here in verses 6 and 7 of Luke chapter 5. And when he cometh home, he calls together his friends. He calls together his friends. His neighbor saying, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. Now the sheep was lost, right? Sheep couldn't, couldn't unloose itself. It was lost in the wilderness. I don't know much about sheep, but I know that if they get lost, they can't find their way back. You ever get lost somewhere? You ever get lost in the woods as a kid or something? You're out playing around in a gully or something, and you can't find your way out? Get a little scared, don't you? I remember being in gullies back home in Canada, playing in the gullies. We had this huge gully, and we used to go in there and play well, you get, you get deep in that gully, you can't find your way out. Good thing you had friends with you. My, oh my. But then, when you're with a group of friends, you all get into a frenzy, and you're running around trying to get out of there. But, but it just goes to show you that we can't find our way to God. We can't find our way. And he says... Then he rejoices. He calls his neighbors. Rejoice with me, for I found my lost sheep. I say unto you that likewise, look at this, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. There's joy in heaven when the Lord saves one of his sheep. My, oh my. And notice, the sheep never sought the shepherd in that narrative. The sheep never said, oh, I'm going to go find the shepherd now. Oh, he's just wandering around lost. That was us in our natural state, beloved. Wandering around lost. He's a hopeless, helpless little sheep of God. Boy, that's what we were. Now we're seeing our text in John chapter 5. One of God's sheep who was not seeking the shepherd. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 5. Now this man was not seeking the shepherd. He was seeking to get into the pool to get healed. That's what he was seeking. But our Lord Jesus Christ, he always seeks out his sheep. And I also want us to think about as we look at this narrative here, God's distinguishing grace. Because there's a great multitude of people there, and the Lord goes right to that man. And he heals him. Leaves everybody else where they're at. Oh my, beloved. The Lord came to us, didn't he? By cords of, of mercy and love, he drew us. By the power and wooing of the Holy Spirit, which we could not resist. We were born again by the Holy Spirit of God, given faith to believe, and oh, we just looked to him and run to him. Oh, it's wonderful, isn't it? But God saw us out, didn't he? So this man, all he wanted to do was be healed. He wasn't looking for Christ. 
He just wanted to get in that pool before everybody else, but we're going to find out that he couldn't. Because the other folks had people helping him get in the pool. And this poor man had no one to help him. But who's coming to heal him? The only hope for sinners. The only hope for the helpless. God in the flesh, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming. He's coming. He's got a divine appointment with this man in John chapter 5. Look at this. And there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in Hebrew tongue, Bethsaida, having five porches. And we see here that the Bethsaida pool had five porches, or five entrances. That's what that is, five entrances. Now this is a puzzling feature I was reading about this, suggesting an unusual five-sided pool. Now most scholars, most most scholars dismiss this. They dismissed it as an unhistorical literary creation. They thought somebody just created the fact that there was five porches. These so-called scholars. Now we as God's people, we read the scriptures and we believe it, right? We believe what it says. Well, lo and behold, this site was excavated and it revealed a rectangular pool with two separate basins separated by a wall, thus a five-sided pool. And each side had a porch. My, oh, my. Scholars are wrong again. Always believe God's word. Even in the little facts like that. Even the little facts like that. Once again, the Bible is true. This book is true. And the scholars are wrong. My oh my. This book is our final authority, beloved. It says in John 5, 3, And, and there lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the trouble in the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. So look at this. We see a, a great multitude of people, impotent folk, so they can't, they can't walk, blind, they can't see, right? halt and withered. I mean, the man with the withered hand, or they, he couldn't use that hand. Waiting for the moving of the water. So our Lord Jesus, do you know why he went down to Jerusalem? When there was a feast, he's going down there to fulfill the law's demands for us. He's going down there to, to go to the feast to fulfill God's, the, the law of demands, uh, the law, what the law demands, going up to keep the feast for, for the Jews in Jerusalem. And Bethsaida in the Greek is house of mercy. House of mercy. Oh, what mercy we're going to see on display. Oh, my. Today we will see our Lord Jesus Christ having mercy on one of his lost sheep, an undeserving sinner, just like you and I. And again, the shepherd is seeking out his sheep. <laughs> 
The sheep's just looking at the water, thinking, I, 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 I wish I could get in there first. <laughs> but he can't. This man had a divine appointment with God, and God in the flesh had a divine appointment with this man. Think of that in light of our salvation. The Holy Spirit came into us at the exact time that God had appointed and drew us to Christ by the preaching of his gospel and gave us life all by the divine appointment of God. So this man has an appointment with God. And our Lord approaches this lost sheep and as he approaches this lost sheep, he's not recognized. No one recognizes him. Is that not true of us in our natural state? We don't see Christ in our natural state, do we? We're blind and halt, just like these people. Can't save ourselves. In our natural state, we don't even see him. We don't even see him. Here was the light of the world walking among them. The light of the world walking among them. And they have no clue who he is. They don't have any idea who he is. There's a whole great multitude of people. And now imagine he had to walk through people to get to this man. And he's just passing all those people by and they do not know even who he is. Here's, here's the master of all. Here's the king of kings and the lord of lords in the flesh walking amongst these people and they don't even know him. We'd have been in the same boat. If we were one of the folks there, we'd be in the same, same boat in our natural state. We wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have known him. Did you know him in your natural state? Before the Lord saved you? I didn't know him. I had a God cooked up in my imagination, but it wasn't the God of the Bible. Not at all. And there was a great multitude of people. They were not only sick, but they were helpless. Now they hoped that they could get in that water before another person. But my, oh my, they were all equally needy, weren't they? They were all equally hopeless. All of them. They were all equally helpless. They couldn't help themselves and no one could help them. So again, what a picture of us in our natural state. We're impotent, which sums up that we lack the ability to come to God. We're blind. Our, our understanding, our is darkened to the things of God. We don't have any spiritual understanding in our natural state. We're blind to the things of God. Halt, which means crippled. We can't come to Christ on our own. We have no ability to do that. We don't even have the power to do that. Withered, well, we're unable to work our way to God. We can't get to him. So this pictures our natural state, isn't it? All these people picture our natural state and actually picture us in general in the world. But the Lord knows his sheep, doesn't he? You see? See what, see what we're seeing here? The Lord knows his sheep amongst all those, all those people who are lost. 
There's a sheep over there. There's a sheep over there. And not one person in the above states that we looked at there, not one of those people could come to God on their own. God must come to them. He must save them out of that condition. He must heal them out of that condition. Whatever condition they're in, whether they're impotent, whether they're blind, whether they're withered, whether they're halt, he has to come and he's got to, he's got to heal them. And he's got to help them. Scripture says this, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him and I'll raise him up to the last day. So we see a picture of that with this whole multitude of people, including the lost sheep of God. He can't help himself. He can't come to God on his own. He's just as hopeless and helpless as everyone else. As a matter of fact, now think of this. The natural eye can't even tell the difference between God's sheep and all those other people. I keep saying we don't know who God's sheep are, do we? But he knows. He's beelining it right to that sheep. <laughs> that sheep has an appointment with him. So, think of this as the messages go out in the world. We don't know what the Lord's doing with them. We just rejoice that, that, that the Lord's using the message. And his brother Neil prayed for him. We pray that the Lord will just, that he'll use it to convict sinners, turn them to Christ. That's our hope. That's our hope, beloved. Is that God would save sinners with the, with the preaching of his word. We, we get edified here as we're sitting here and we get... We, we rejoice in Christ, but, but our, our, also our hope is that as the message goes forth, use them for your glory, Lord. That you might be praised. That others might come to know you. What mercy. Think, think of the mercy manifested already in this picture here. A whole group of halt, lame people who can't do anything to help themselves, nothing, blind. They can't... He's a paralytic. They can't do anything to help themselves. They can't change the condition by anything they do or anybody, anything anybody else does. Behold, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Malachi chapter 3 verse 1. So here we see before us Jehovah Raphael. Mm, he's the Lord, our healer. That's what that means in Hebrew. Here comes the Lord, our healer. Not only does he heal us from our dead, fallen state, but he saves our souls. He makes us whole. Doesn't he? Makes us whole. And what a condition of darkness we're in. We don't know him, just like these people. We don't even know who, when he's walking in our midst, we have no idea. My, oh my. We can't cure ourselves from sin. We're, we're born dead in trespasses and sin. Adam, our father, fell, and in him we fell. And now we come into this world born dead in trespasses and sins. And we produce children who are dead in trespasses and sins. And they're going to produce children who are dead in trespasses and sins.
were it not for sovereign mercy, were it not for sovereign grace, all of humanity would perish. If God didn't have mercy upon us. Because we're all undeserving, aren't we? We deserve the same punishment as those who go into eternity lost. But God is showing us mercy. It's not anything in us. And again, there's only one way to heaven, and that's Christ and him alone. And he's revealed himself to us. beloved. He sought us out. Look at this in John chapter 5. Look how again he identifies this man. We've been seeing this certain village, right? Certain leper. Look at this. John 5, 5. And a certain man was there. Doesn't give us his name because that doesn't matter. He's one of the Lord's sheep. What matters is what the Lord's going to do. That's how we should take our place, right? I'm a certain preacher. We're certain saints, aren't we, of God? We don't need the recognition. We don't need that at all. We're here for the glory of God. We're here to praise his name. We rejoice when he uses us. Certain man was there, which had an infirmity 38 years. 38 years he was a paralytic. His muscles be gone. He wouldn't even be able to lift himself. Well, he could probably lift himself with his hands, but he had no strength in his legs. He couldn't, he couldn't. We don't know if it was a full body that he was paralyzed or if it was just his legs. We don't know. And here again is something for us to ponder. There was a great multitude of people and the Lord passed them all by to come to this one certain man. To get to this certain man in our text and then our Lord comes face to face with him. Think of this. What made that man to differ from all those other people? Was it anything in him? No. Was it the fact that he was a paralytic? And the others were blind and halt and withered and lame? No. No. Was there anything good in him? That, did the Lord look at him and say, oh, he's a, he's a good fellow? No. Because we're all dead in trespasses sins. Made this man to differ from that whole multitude. Let that, let, let's just think about that this week. Let's, let's meditate upon that this week. And just let's soak into our hearts and our minds. The only one who made us to differ out of the whole multitude. We were driving through Detroit last night and, and coming back from seeing Joshua. And I said to Vicky, how many people as we're driving by, how many of these folks even know the Lord? We have no idea. And the Lord saved me. Think of that when you're in an airport and you see all these people in an airport. Or if you're in a stadium or something. All these people. And look at those people. When you're in a mall, all those people walking around. Lord, how many of these people are, are yours? And you saved me. How many of these people are not? And you saved me. It'll humble you. It'll, it'll leave you in awe at the distinguishing grace of God. And that's what's on display here, is God's distinguishing grace is on display here. My, oh, my. Only God makes, made this man to differ. 
Everybody else was in the same hopeless, helpless estate. But only God made this man to differ. This is one of Christ's sheep. This is one who the Father gave to Christ in eternity. Wonder of wonders. God incarnate in the flesh is seeking out this sheep. You know, the Son of Man came to save that which was lost. The Son of Man came to seek that which was lost. To seek and to save that which was lost. And the shepherd always seeks the sheep. Always. Here's this wandering sheep. And by God's amazing grace and God's divine mercy, this man has an appointment with God in the flesh. Now, Lois in John chapter 5, verse 6, our Lord manifests his deity, his divinity. And he shows us his deity with these words. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? As far as we know, this is the first time the Lord's seen this man ah, in the flesh. <laughs> Don't forget who this is. This is God. He says he knows. He knows he's been in that state a long time. Then he asks him, Wilt thou be made whole? Oh, my. This is one of the Lord's sheep. This is the one, one of the ones the Lord said, I'm the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. And the Father knoweth me, even so I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. John chapter 10, verses 14 to 16. One, one commentator said, God delights to help the helpless and have mercy on whom he have mercy. And notice he singles this man out. It says, when Jesus saw him, his eyes are fixed upon this man. His eyes are fixed on one of his sheep, beloved. Fixed on his sheep. You know, his eyes are fixed on every one of us who are his people. All day, all the time even while he governs the whole world, his eyes are ever fixed upon you and I as his people. My. His eyes have been fixed upon this man from eternity. You know, the Lord says, Behold, I have graven them, thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. That means that we're ever before the Lord. Look what it says again in verse 5. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he'd been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be, ma be made whole? And notice it's our Lord here who moves first, not the man. It's our Lord who moves first. We won't come to Christ unless he draws us. This man was looking at the pool, man. Keeping his eye on that pool. And there before him is the great physician. Standing right in his midst. He's a lost sheep and he don't even know it.
It does not say when this man saw Jesus, does it? It says when Jesus saw him alive. God must come to us. This man's not seeking Christ, but our Savior passed by all those that multitude to come to this man. And beloved, I'll tell you this. He will not pass by his sheep. He will not. He'll pass by others, but he will not pass by his sheep. And we're living proof of that as God's people. He won't pass us by. So this question wasn't for information. The Lord knew who he was. The Lord knew he desired to be healed. John Gale says that this question was asked to raise hope in this man of a cure. Look what it says in verse 7. The important man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water's troubled to put me in the pool, but while I'm coming, another step down before me. Now, with that answer, we see this man didn't even have any idea who Christ was. I was just speaking to another man who's asking him a question. This man didn't know that, that Christ could heal him just like that. Just with a word. He had no idea. He had no idea who was standing before him. Did we have any idea of who the Lord was before he saved us, even before he drew us? Oh, my. What a wonderful picture we see here. He was helpless, helpless in himself to get into the pool. He was friendless. No one helped him get in the pool. He was hopeless as someone always made it to the water before him. Look what Jesus says in verse 8. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Now, now take the wonder of these words. This man had been a paralytic for 38 years. He had no muscles in his legs. Nothing. We have to go through physical therapy if we are in that state to be able to, if we, right? We do. But we see the mighty power of God on display here. And think of this in light of how he makes, how he makes us whole. Even though we're still sinners in this earth, we're forgiven of all our sins. Right? We're forgiven of all our sins. And so this man here, he's in this paralytic state, and this fellow comes up to him. He don't know who he is. Starts asking him questions. Well, do you want to be made whole? <laughs> yeah, but I keep trying to get in that pool. See, he's got his eyes in the pool, doesn't he? Oh, before the Lord saved us, we had our eyes on ourselves, right? Trying to make ourselves right before God. Trying to do something. Somebody always told you, wait, well, you can do this. You can, you can make yourself more joyful. I could never make myself more joyful. I became more miserable. Now I have the joy of the Holy Spirit, and I think I'm the happiest man on earth in that sense because I have joy, unspeakable. My, oh my. I still go through everything everyone else goes through, but I have a peace now that passes understanding. Christ is the only unfailing friend, beloved. He's the friend of the friendless. He's the hope of the hopeless. He's the help of the helpless, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And here we see him coming before this man. He says to him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. You know what God commands? comes to pass. If God commands life for a sinner, that sinner is born again. God commanded the, dark, the light to shine in the darkness in our lives, beloved. That's what the scripture says. He commanded it, and it was so. We see a command here by the Lord. And think of this. This is an irresistible command. The guy couldn't say, well, no, because <laughs> all of a sudden he could get up. <laughs> and what God commands immediately comes to pass. Immediately comes to pass, beloved. You remember the leper what we, that we looked at? Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. I will, be thou clean. Boom, and immediately the leprosy departed from him. Oh, my beloved. Oh, look at the power of God here on display. God incarnate in the flesh. The same words that spoke, spoke Lazarus, come forth. The same words have just told this man to rise. The same, the same Savior, the same one with all power has just said this said these words, and look at verse 9, and immediately the man was made whole. Immediately, beloved. Just like that. He's made whole. You know what? He, he wouldn't even probably remember how to walk. Immediately he's made whole, and he grabs his bed and takes off. <laughs> this shows that God's healing, spiritually, is a complete healing. We're healed from all our sins, beloved. We're cleansed from all our sins. We're forgiven of all our sins. Past, present, and future. Hallelujah! What a Savior! In an instant, this man's made whole. When God saves a sinner, he's instantly made a new creature in Christ. When God regenerates a sinner, instantly made a new creature in Christ. Being born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And when Christ saves, he saves his people. They're not lost ever again. Never. When, when Christ saves us from our sins, he saves us from all our sins. Every one of our sins was laid upon Christ at Calvary's cross, and he bore them all. Bore them all. And in his perfect righteousness is imputed to us. I was thinking about that this week. When he's, he's living in the, in the world, he's, he's fulfilling all righteousness, he's doing that for me. He's doing that for you. Think of that. When he, every jot until the law was fulfilled by him, the sinless one, in our, in our room and place. Not only is he our substitute in his death, but he's our substitute in his life. Living what we could never, satisfying all of God's law in our place, beloved. All the demands of God's law. It says, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, and soul. We can't, but Christ did it for us. Right? We wish we could do that, don't we? Every believer wishes we could do that. But we can't, we're sinners. Christ did it for us, beloved. He did it as our substitute. Hallelujah. What a Savior is Jesus Christ our Lord. 
And we are forgiven all our sins because of the perfect, complete, sin-atoning work by the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. Neither is there salvation in any other. No other. No one else. No other Savior than Jesus Christ. None. And he sought us out. We were that lost sheep. And he sought us out. Now look at these religious hypocrites in verse 10. The Jews therefore said unto him, was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. This man just being healed by the power of God, by the very one who's the Lord of the Sabbath. Think of that. The very one who's the Lord of the Sabbath told this man, Take your bed up and walk. See, but they didn't. The Jews didn't believe he was the Lord of the Sabbath. They didn't believe he was the Messiah. They despised him. But the very one who's the Lord of the Sabbath says, pick up your bed and walk. What did the guy do? He picked up his bed and he walked, didn't he? And here's these Jews, they're so mad. Oh, you're doing this on the Sabbath. But remember in Luke, Luke 15, which one of you, if one of your sheep was lost, even on the Sabbath, you go get it. You go get it. Oh, he's just seeking one of his sheep. On the Sabbath. Oh my. See how God turned these guys into pretzels? It, it's just incredible. With his words, he just, he could just, they try to trap him, he just spin it right around on them. Incredible. This man being healed. This, this is a miracle. 38 years this man been been in this state. This man's now healed. Oh, he's cured. It's a miracle. And these religious folks, they get angry. They get angry. The Lord of the Sabbath just healed them. The Lord just performed a miracle. This man was lame for 38 years. He was in a paralytic state. Now he's made whole. He doesn't have to go through any physical therapy. He doesn't have to go through anything at all. He's absolutely healed. His muscles are strengthened. He's able to walk. Remember that, that man at the gate called Beautiful? When, the, when the Peter and James... Were there and, and he was here. That man started leaping and praising God. <laughs> well, I could see that. I could see why. Oh, hallelujah. This is a miracle of God's grace. And look at John 5 11 to 15. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bread and walk. <laughs> he didn't even know his name. He said, this man told me, take up, take up my bed and walk, and he made me whole. <laughs> he, can't, he can't even tell him who it was. And he that was healed was not who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. So he just, he just merged into the multitude. He healed this man and then just disappeared. <laughs> Oh, but you know what? The Lord's going to reveal who he is to this man, though. Because this is one of his sheep. Look at this. Afterward, Jesus findeth him. Again, the Lord's seeking him. Right? The Lord seeks him. Where? In the temple. He, now he's worshiping. And said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews and made him whole. <laughs> oh, they'd be madder than a wet hornet. I'll tell you what. <laughs> He knows who healed him now, doesn't he? And he's going to tell everybody now, Jesus healed me. I couldn't walk for 38 years. He told me to pick up my bed, and I picked my bed up and walked. My, oh my. 
Is it not the same for us, beloved? Do we not tell who healed us? Do we not tell who cleansed us from all our sins? Oh my. Jesus did it. Jesus and Jesus alone. He made us whole. He saved us from our sins. Therefore, God's preachers, we must preach Christ and him crucified. We must. We must. He's the only Savior. He's, he accomplished a perfect salvation. It's perfect. There's nothing to be added to it. And he did it all by himself. And only he can save sinners. He's the only one. He's the only one. And salvation is not based upon what we do, but it's based upon what he did. What Christ did. He died on the cross for sinners. His blood redeems us from our sins. And only he could satisfy the law of God. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name. None other name. None other name. Under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12. No other. Salvation in no other but the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're trusting in yourself, or trusting in your works, or trusting in Buddha, or trusting in Muhammad, the refuges of lies. Cast them aside. Trust Christ in him alone. May God give you faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved.